It's a trap! Hello and welcome to Radio TCX, your weekly source for X-Wing news and strategy. I'm Tim Dugan, and I'm joined, as always, by my two co-hosts, Carson Ray. Hey, everybody. It is a great day to talk about some X-Wing. And John McDermott. Hello, everybody. And we've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about today. We have the results in from this weekend's X-Wing Team Championship playoffs, where we have a new victor, a new X-Wing Team Championship country is taking the crown here. So we're going to talk about that and Carson's experience over the weekend. Yeah, and we also have some new cards to talk about from the new Resistance and First Order packs coming up. Uh, so lots to talk about. Yeah, I say let's get right to it. All right, I don't think we really need a drum roll here. We'll just get straight to the news. We have a new XTC champion, and that champion is Carson. What did I say? Not me. Not Carson. <laughs> it's not Carson. <laughs> Uh, no, winning the X-Wing Team Championship, we have Italy coming yeah. in first. Yes, so huge congratulations to Team Italy here. Um, a huge accomplishment. They certainly put in a lot of hard work over the course of the last several months. It was tough just getting to play in the championship weekend and then having to play an exhausting nine rounds of X-Wing over just a couple days. Uh, a feat, so to be able to come out on top after that is, is an accomplishment worthy of recognition. Yeah, and you can look at you know their group stage, a lot of really tough teams there that they faced, um, and Italy and Singapore, the two teams making out of their group, uh, both you know placing in the podium there. So, like I think Italy not only came out on top, but I think they had the hardest run to get there. Uh, so really, really no doubt about who the top team is there. Yeah, and, and obviously in X-Wing, we don't really have, we don't play for a lot of prizes all the time, so we pray, play mostly for the accolades. So of course, I'm going to um, talk about the team members here playing the Rebels. We had Giovanni DeRosso playing the Empire. We had Tommaso Loss playing Scum. We had Matteo Benatti. The First Order was played by Alessandro Zaramella. The Resistance was played by Alessandro Mazzi. Republic played by Marco Descordilli. And then the Separatist Faction played by Mirko Cleva. So congratulations, all of you. Fantastic job. And you should be really proud of that. Being the X-Wing team champions for now, I feel like there's going to be a comeback. We're setting this up. Well, certainly they they have the crown for 2021. Uh, and yeah, uh, extra shout out to Alessandro Mazzi. Uh, he beat me in our, uh, when we faced Italy. We had the resistance, resistance face-off and his uh resistance squad with all those T70s and and Rose and Finn came out ahead. Though it was not all sad news for the weekend though. Team USA may not have been the champions, but they certainly did better than 6th place. Where did we end up, Carson? Um yeah, so you know, Italy being number 1, well, the top 3 teams were all tied for the same overall team win record. And so then it was decided by the individual wins and those were tied. Then you had the head to head. Okay. Which team matchup won? So we lost Italy, but we were also just one individual, um, win behind them. Uh, so USA came in second, uh, also with that same team record of seven and two. So what you're saying, Carson is, is you needed to win two more of your games and team USA would be the champion. It all fell on your shoulders. Yeah, you could certainly <laughs> say that. That's what it sounds like. 
I it's it's fine because that voice is already in my head. Oh. Um, so, but you know, um, that's fine if if you want to add that externally as well. No, obviously, Carson. I think uh, I can speak for John and I. We're all very proud of what you accomplished. I mean, you had you had one of the higher win records on the team, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like hard to just go off that, right? Because sometimes you get right? paired into the better <laughs> matchups, and some of your teammates have to take the tough ones. Um, but oh yeah, overall, I'm pretty happy with how I did. Like, just getting above like a fifty percent win record in this field is incredibly tough like all these players are great and like i am very happy that the us went 7 and 2 like that was that was a big accomplishment in its own and and to be second um with all these other great teams we were playing like that's that's cool that that's a, that's a big deal yeah it was certainly a good showing by all the countries that participated i know i watched a bunch of the games that were streamed uh not even just team usas and all of them were very entertaining and high level play and uh again just good jobs to everybody that participated this year in the XTC. Yeah, hopefully you didn't watch that one that was in like, I don't know, three or four in the morning where <laughs> some thermal detonators just took out like my whole squad. Oh, no. <laughs> was that day one or two? Oh, uh, I think that was day one. That was fun because I think when I woke up, because you got you started playing, what, what time was your first game at three in the morning? Uh, 2.30 is when we started pairings for me oh, um, each day. Yeah, it's fun. So I think by the time, I think it was before your third game on day one, like when you texted us and like, so I woke up to I'm 0-2 and, and I was like, oh no. And then you uh, made up for that uh, 10 times by the rest of the weekend because you only had one more loss, right? The rest of the weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then that last one was just to Italy there. Uh, also in the morning, those, those, <laughs> those early rounds just were not, I guess, not my, going my way there. Not morning people here over in the US of A. <laughs> well, the morning's one thing, but, um, you know, 2.30, 3.30, like those are, those are tough time slots to play at. Uh, so I'm curious, what would you say was probably the, the toughest matchup you had for the weekend? It could be a win or a loss. Yeah. Um, my three losses uh, for the finals weekend, like I feel like those weren't necessarily bad matchups. Um, you know, I just made a few mistakes and um, that that'll happen. Um, I think some of my tougher matchups, like I did get paired into a Sloan swarm um, against England. Like that's a pretty bad matchup for a lot of resistance stuff, especially yeah, like Lulo and Poe and, and Rose who all love just giving themselves stress tokens. Um, so that's, that was tough. Um, I don't know. They're all really tough. Like anyone could give you your loss. Like you can't, you can never really ease up and like, Oh yeah, this is going to be fine. I got this. Right. Um, like, uh, one of my games that was on stream was, um, playing against Marcelo, the, the Spanish captain, who's a phenomenal player. Um, playing his silencers and like that one, like I like how that matchup works for me, but he has a lot of like cool things he can do at initiative one and then coordinate at initiative five. So to kind of block and then, and then adjust after that. Um, so it's just like kind of a lot to track every game. So I don't know, I guess the short answer there is they're all tough matchups. Well, you did a phenomenal job and team USA did a phenomenal job as well. Any shout outs you want to give out as we kind of uh, close our discussion on the 2021 XTC? Um, I mean, Sure, of course, I want to shout out the whole team. Uh, you know, Steve Cotillo playing Empire, Doug Howe on First Order, um, Daniel Leone flying Separatist, Will Haywood on Scum, Matt Carey on Rebels, 
uh, our two subs, Tommy Adams and Kenneth Lyons. And then, of course, our captain, Marcel Monzano, who a uh, special shout out to Marcel. He went undefeated this final weekend, which is insane. Uh, only player to do that. So that that's incredibly impressive. Uh, but really, a shout out there is like this has been a long process. Yeah, I think we get started late May playing games. Um, but really, this got started like beginning of 2021 you know, building the team, trying to figure out, you know, what position we'd all play, you know, what kind of lists, styles of lists we wanted to bring. Uh, so that work started well before anyone's really seen anything about uh, the X-Wing Team Championship. And then, of course, from this summer on, it's been like a second job, uh, you know, doing all the practice, studying your opponents, figuring all the matchups, uh, and just making sure you are, you know, at least as prepared as your opponent is hopefully more prepared because um, all these teams took it very seriously. And so of course you have to take it seriously as well. Uh, and so it was a lot of work, but working with this team, it, it was, it was quite a pleasure. Um, everyone was really great and fun to work with. And I think that's why we got um, that strong result that we did as, as we did all work together. Well, and I think, you know, we've just set up, you know, we talked about the narrative and the story. It's like the Olympics, right? We care about the story. Um, we've just set up uh, a remarkable 2022 X-Wing Team Championship win for the USA, where they got second this year, but next year, that's the that's their year, right? Right. No, it's like we keep learning, we keep getting better, like, and it's like, you know, any X-Wing tournament, right? You, you got to play in a few of them to, you know, to get that W. You can't just... Right. You got to be good and lucky, right, to win right. on a uh, tournament day. And, and that's true for any event. Um, team events are no different. So, you know, just got to, you know, go to a couple of these and, and we'll eventually get that that first place. No worries. Just remember, Rocky didn't win until the second movie. <laughs> I now I got to totally post that meme I made of uh, the macro I made of Carson. Uh, no, is- can that one just go away, please? <laughs> Never. <laughs> the best. One. Um. So, so one other shout out is uh everyone who's helped me uh, practice, right? So it's a lot of work working the team, but also called in a lot of help outside of that. Like both you guys helped me practice games. Like everyone in Mile High Squadron helped me a bunch. Definitely got to give a shout out to Dutch, who just always was there giving me a bunch of practice games to help prepare week after week. So thank you to everyone who's helped me uh, prepare for this. All right, there were a few more card spoiled. Man, do you so they've been piecemealing out these little card spoilers on Facebook, um, Atomic Mass Games. And guys, I kind of like it. I kind of like it this way. I do. It it generates a lot of hype, not only for what the game could look like, but just like for the product itself. I guess my only concern about it is like, is there going to be anything in the pack when it comes out that we haven't seen yet? Because I don't even know, right? Because in the old articles, we'd see the spread, right? So we know what the contents were and then could kind of track that. Um, and so here, just getting like the card art, it's cool for sure. Um, but I, I don't know what's all in here. I, I kind of forget what I saw like, you know, a few weeks ago. But these ones here in front of me are looking pretty awesome. It's kind of interesting, too, because like because these are not standard like single car- single ship packs. We don't exactly know how many pilot cards to expect to come in them. Right. Like the double Y wing pack. Who knows how many are going to be in there? Um, but we got some more cool stuff here. And I think a lot of kind of mid or lower initiative pilots with some really cool abilities. So let's look at some of these these Y wing ships here, because uh, some cool pieces of art. Well, a couple of them are cool pieces of art. Cor- chorus kind of looks wonky. 
yeah, it's like, I don't know, it, just a weird angle or it's maybe a little stretched out. Um, John, you said it looked like the Starship Enterprise. Like, it, Yeah, it does. And just like maybe it's the engine glow too. I don't know. There's something about it. It's just not, it, feel, it felt Trekkie to me. A little bit. Um, well, yeah, let's talk about let's talk about Chorus Capellum. Chorus Capellum, the Gentleman Flyer at Initiative 1 in the BTA and R2 Y-Wing. Before you engage, you may choose one ship in your firing arc at range 0 to 1. If you do, transfer one green token from that ship to yourself. Kind of like a mini reverse Manaru, which is interesting. Right, and the in-your-firing-arc part is, is maybe a little misleading because I feel like when I want this ability... Um, it's when I'm in front of the pack, right? Where, okay, this is the ship at range one. This is the one I want, you know, to have the double mods. Well, th- so this one is interesting to me because I would expect to see this ability, but honestly, I would have expected it to only affect friendly ships. Instead, we've got kind of like, you know, a mini um, Polyb Gadalhi thing going on here. Oh, that is that can hit any ship. Okay, that yeah. is pretty cool. You kind of assume it's only good guys, right? Uh, it's a resistance thing, so I just assumed it, it was just all support and no control. Yeah, I just I think that's a really interesting flavor. I, I mean, that could make up for the lower initiative here too, like because stealing. No, this got a lot more exciting. Yeah, for sure. Like, and it's any firing arc, right? So you got a turret set up. So you've got your forward set arc. You've got a side arc or a rear arc. You throw this guy in there. Right. Well, if you just have a dorsal turret on here, like. That two attack die gun, right, at range one, when you take away a green token, like that's going to connect. Mm-hmm. This ability is interesting on this chassis specifically, too, because traditionally the Y Wing is an ordnance ship. Now we've seen, like, through the different upgrades and configs that they've spoiled, specifically for the resistance Y Wing, that you have to put a little bit more into it to make it an ordnance ship. Um, but there are a limited number of ordnances that work at range one. So. It's just kind of an interesting ability. Right, flies a little bit in the face of what you'd expect the ship to do. Kind of a, like a, a, like it's its own separate strategy, right? Like all the other Y-Wings tend to do one type of strategy and this one's a variant called the TVA. Like I, I generally enjoy when certain ships within a chassis kind of go against the status quo for that chassis. Um, and of course, like none of this is seen on the table play yet, but uh, it'll be interesting. It's kind of different. Honestly, though, another one that kind of goes against the grain for what you'd expect from a Y-Wing is Kaithra Nolly with the ability, after you fully execute a maneuver, you may if you moved through a friendly ship, you may perform an evade action. Um, Y-Wing's not typically ships known for taking evade actions or getting really, really any modification on their defense. Yeah, and so this is that same uh, Kai who's a T-70 pilot with the same ability, um, but now Initiative 2 in the Y-Wing instead of initiative four in the T-70. Um, and, and so like, this is a pretty cool ability. I think what what's cool is actually getting this at two different initiatives is, is I think pretty exciting where like to set this up, like ideally you want a list where you're all moving at the same initiative. So you can really choose and control that. Right. Um, and initiative four is a little tough for the resistance to all have initiative fours. Initiative two, I think there's a lot more they can fit there. 
Well, I also think just if you're going to use this ship as an ordnance carrier, right, this is just that little edge it gets at range where you can set this up pretty easily because you just have to fly through a friendly ship. So as you're setting up your ordnance shots and you're trying to keep them at range two or three or, or whatever, um, having the evade there makes you slightly less desirable, right? Because if, if someone gets in close, they'll shoot at you regardless because they can do massive amounts of damage. But if they're at a distance and they're deciding on targets, yeah, they know Kai's going to you know throw a torpedo at them or something. But if there's already one damage canceled, that's just a little bit of uh, a little disincentive to keep your opponent's focus away from your ordnance carrier, which is good because if your ship's shooting torpedoes, the more torpedoes you get off, the more likely you are to win the game, right? It's easy math. Well, and the other thing is like, okay, this is going to play pretty nicely with the other pilots in the pack, right? If you look at Chorus, you know, the initiative one, okay, like it does, you know, three bank towards the enemy and then Kai uh, at initiative two does the same three bank over Chorus. Uh, now gets that evade action, and then Chorus um, can use their ability, to, you know, move that evade to Chorus if you need it there, or keep it on Kai, kind of whatever. Uh, you can figure out which Y-Wing's being the target and have those defensive mods there. We also have over in the Y-Wing, uh, Wilsa Teslo, Initiative 4, with, uh, I don't, I, so I maybe am not up to date with all the, um, sequel era stuff, but the subtitle is Veiled Sorority Privateer, and I, I'm really interested on what that means. John, do you have any idea what that means as a resident Star Wars expert? I don't. Um, the only thing I could think of would be, like, content-wise, I have not read Alphabet Squadron. Um, so this could be from that. Um, it wouldn't be the first thing we've gotten from that, but uh, I, I really don't know. Well, in typical Radio TCX fashion, I'm not going to Google it at all. So I'll just have uh, people out there listening who know this is an important part of lore. Listen, uh, it's it's not that complicated, right? Veiled, you have a veil on, right? Sorority, okay, it's a sisterhood. Uh, and then privateer, it's pirates, right? So you put those together, right? That, that's what Wilson Tesla is running. That's a Teslo. That's a, oh Teslo. I said Tesla. You're right. I know. I wanted to say Tesla, and then I was like, that's not quite what it is. Man, these are these are some names here. These they just keep wild. getting wilder and wilder. Wilder post George Lucas era Star Warsy names. All right. So Wilson's ability: after you perform an attack, if the defender was dealt a face-up damage card, the defender gains one strain token unless it chooses one non-recurring charge from one of its upgrade equipped upgrades and loses that charge. That is some word salad right there. This is another one of those instances where I feel like the um, idea of what it does is simple, but when you have to like actually read it out loud, it's kind of ridiculous. Right. So you attack it, um, and if you deal damage, or sorry, if you deal critical damage, they're going to get a strain uh, unless they throw away a charge that they can't get back, right? So, yeah, definitely supposed to be a platform for something like Proton Torpedoes, where you're likely to deal that face-up damage. Um and the strain's good. That sets up follow-up attacks from your other other Y-Wings if you're comboing these up. So that seems right. solid. Initiative 4 is decent for, you know, you want to make sure you have some attacks after Wilsa to capitalize on that strain. Um, not the most impressed with this card. I think Kai and uh, Corvus are, Corvus are a little more interesting. What I think is interesting about Wilsa is, like, there are plenty of non-munition cards that have non-reoccurring charges, but this is, I think, one of the first abilities that we've seen that really counters other munition lists specifically. Um, so, I mean, it makes sense because this is being released against the Thai FO bomber, right? So if you're going to run a bunch of those with, you know, devices or uh, missiles or torpedoes, I don't exactly remember what they can take. Um, like this is a kind of a good counter to that. Granted, it's only one ability, but it's, 
you know, charges they can't use are sad. So I'm I'm a little sad that it's not a forced like that they put the decision in there. I think it would have been a little bit cooler like if your opponent must choose one of its non-recurring charges and lose that charge. Like I think that would take it to the next level and make it a lot more interesting. The fact that your opponent can choose just makes it like, well, for a strain token, it's not even like canceling damage or something. Like I feel like there needs to be a steeper cost there if you're making it a decision point. Yeah, I agree. Still, uh, I think it's going to play in a pretty interesting way there. I, th- I think, yes, it's a it's a whole mess of words, but on the table, I think it is going to be a pretty cool ability. On the flip side, though, for the First Order, they're getting their own new munitions carrier in the form of the TIE SE bomber, and we have a pilot for that, the Initiative 3 Dread. The Can we just pause for a second there? Well, that's a nice, simple, easy name. <laughs> I Love like it. there's alliteration too in the subtitle of like dread the devotee of devastation like that feels really good okay that's a bit much <laughs> I, I, let's just keep it as dread that's nice I love alliteration and there's it, something about that that just feels very disco to me <laughs> yeah yeah what does that even mean John I don't know but as you're reading that I just started like it's a zoomer a thing disco. Tim we wouldn't get it <laughs> as next generation these whippersnappers but y'all are old you at the disco right <laughs> i think so um so dread having an elegant cool name also has a pretty elegant ability after you reload each ship in your bullseye gains a deplete token straightforward and pretty interesting yeah it's, it's honestly kind of nice like okay nobody's shooting kind of this turn right um i'm reloading right so i get a weapons disabled and then y'all get a deplete seems fair well it's kind of cool right because it like the normal cost of the deplete is you don't get to attack or- the normal cost of the reload is that you don't get to attack. So to be able to then have something that kind of counterbalances that and helps a little bit, that's that's pretty cool. And it's in the bullseye, right? So you have to work to get it. I think that's pretty cool. Like, because usually when you're reloading, right, you're, you're running away. Um, so here you need to, like, stay in the fight and reload. But if you're reloading bombs, like, that could be pretty sweet. We got another actually pretty cool, elegant card design here. The First Order Ordnance Tech, which is a gunner that's First Order exclusive. Um, And this one has no actual card text. It just adds the linked actions, a white reload into a white target lock, which is also kind of a fun combo if you want to set up attacks more quickly. Right. So now if you put this on, well, I assume it can go on the First Order Bomber. Uh yes, they they did spoil that it has a gunner slot. So. Um, so it can it has the white reload linked into red evade. So now you could have white reload also linked into lock, right? So you have two options of what to do with your reload action linking it. What I like about this card is that it's not uh tie se bomber specific. So if you wanted to, you could put this on a tie sf if you're running it with munitions. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, because that would give it the reload. <laughs> yes, it would. Ooh, um, it's got a lot. More I also just <laughs> really like the art on this card. Like, yeah, this is really good art. They've they've got some pretty primo stuff now. Like, um, we're mostly past the area of reused first edition art. Actually, I guess mostly. We've got an example here coming up. Um, but yeah, there's some really cool art pieces here. I also I like this card. Just like, it's a pretty simple strategy, but it seems pretty reliable. You move in with your bomber, right? You shoot your ordinance. You get in close. Maybe you're not even shooting at each other. You get the reload and the target lock without having to stress yourself. So that way you can follow up the next turn with like, what do these things have? Don't they have like a 5K or something wild? You can do your K turn and then fire off an ordinance. So it's like ordinance, non-fighting turn, and then ordinance right again. 
ready to go. Right. Reload, go for a block, and then K turn behind him, have that lock, right? That seems pretty good. It's definitely efficient, if anything else. Well, and that's where I think reload works, right? So with your ordnance carriers, right, you want them to be dealing lots of munitions attacks, right? Because they're basic attacks, right? This just says two attack dice. That's that's not great. You want to be firing munitions like any turn you can, but it's expensive to keep buying a bunch of munitions, right? So you have to use that reload action. So you have to work, right? You know, get those times where you you know ha- can reload, but it's like kind of saving you points. But you have to you know find a way in game to get get that value. Right, right. You're putting the cost somewhere else, right? Whereas like the cost could be you put that into just buying the munitions outright. Or you can dedicate time in the game after you fire your munitions to get those ordnance back. I, and I think like, I've always thought reloads a really interesting action because it's one that varies wildly in how significant it is. Because if you have it, but you never get to the point where you spend all the charges on your munitions because you get you know blown up or something, um, it's irrelevant, right? Useless. But if it's a game where like you fire you know both charges of your proton torpedo and you get another torpedo charge back and can fire again. Like, that's a huge value swing in a game. Yeah, or like those single charge weapons, right? Like a proton rocket or proton torpedo or advanced proton torpedo, right? Those reloads are huge. Right, where you like the value you paid for, they were expensive and you only got one use and you get way more value getting that second charge on it. We do have a new, this is another interesting combo card. So it's a missile device card. Uh, double dot unique, so you can have two copies in a list. It's called Electro Chaff Missiles. Comes with one charge and reads, during the system phase, you may spend one charge from this card to launch one Electro Chaff Cloud using the three bank or three four straight template. Then place one fuse marker on it. This card's charges cannot be recovered. John, this ability seems very familiar. Uh, yeah, so this is very similar to the buzz droids that we have over in the Separatist faction. Um, so same thing, you know, it's got limited number of charges that can't be recovered. Um, the thing that makes this guy interesting is that uh, you put a fuse marker on it, and we don't know what it does yet. Right, because like Electro Chaff Cloud to me, right, that sounds like Debris Cloud or something, right? It sounds like an obstacle but with a fuse marker on it. So like in my head, it's something like you put out an obstacle and it dissipates. Maybe there's gotta be, I want to see the expanded rules for this. Yeah. The fuse marker on there is weird. That's super um, weird. Cause that, me. that keeps a device around one more turn. Um, but this is a missile and device. It's, it's weird. Yeah. Hopefully it's not as, I mean, I, I hope it's cool. I hope it's not as irritating as those buzz droids. Cause those things drive me crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that deployment wording is like the exact same, right? This charge can't be recovered. It's only the one use and then either bank or straight, right? All right. So this last card, uh, had some serious deja vu going. Actually, I didn't catch it right away. Carson, you saw this art and called it out right away. Well, yeah, but I couldn't place it, right? I was like, this looks familiar. I feel like I've seen it before, but I, I had no clue what the card was. I of course immediately knew. Uh, just uh 360 no scoped it yeah <laughs> intuitively didn't have just to look kidding. it up i had no clue but i did figure it out <laughs> yeah this was one of those rare cases so that we're talking about the card overtuned modulators um with a piece of art carson called it out right away and he was like wasn't this a first edition piece of art and john didn't know that which is shocking because i feel like i mean john always crushes our hyperspace hazards when we do those 
So I was shocked that he couldn't just recall what this card was from first edition. I burned that stuff, man. I <laughs> let the past die. So all that stuff is included for my memory. If you have to. Best, uh, that's the best line from that movie. Hands but down. this is a pretty interesting card. So it is an illicit, uh, and it reads, During the systems phase, if you are not stressed, you may spend one charge to gain three calculate tokens. And it does have one charge on the card, non-reoccurring. It also has, during the end phase, if your charge is inactive, for each green token you remove, gain one strain token. This is some shenanigans I can get behind. This card's great. I really, like, I'm curious to see where it comes in cost-wise, because that actually is a lot of tokens. And since it's run during the system phase, right, you'll get your normal action in addition to this. I mean, that front side there where you're getting the three calculate tokens one turn, like... That is as close as we've gotten to that old first edition glitter stim, right? Absolutely. But now we have a pretty big drawback every other turn, <laughs> which is pretty exciting. Like, right, get a bunch of calculate tokens. This is the turn that matters. Anything after that, right, if I'm still standing, we'll deal with it. That's like, it's it's some fun, like, last ditch effort, though, to like, because I think, don't the, um I thought we got the release for the Y-Wings. Don't those have an illicit slot on them? I believe they do. Yeah, yeah, so this seems like some wild ordinance setup, right? We're like, oh, my ship's on its last legs. I'm going to die this turn. All right, I'm going to get all the calculate tokens I might need and then take a target lock as my normal action. Right, or just like some crazy cluster missile attacks or something. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, the, the trickiest thing about this card, though, is that you do it during the systems phase. So you have to do it before anything has like activated. So you could get to the point where like, you do this, and then you're just not in a position where those calculates really help you at all, and then you're just strained. Ooh, that is that is a lot harder. Okay. Yep. <laughs> oh no, that's you're why you're gonna fun. just see the whole board state and then decide if you need those calculates. Well, and then like having to take three strain in one turn, that also feels pretty gross. Yeah, right. Like if you're just like a full up health ship and then you take this ability and then your opponent just decides not to shoot at you, so you don't use the tokens like playing the long yeah strange imagine like playing this card against some like edas right you're like oh i'm gonna pop overtuned modulator right get all my calculates and like you know what okay we're gonna system phase boost away and just like we're just gonna run away this turn <laughs> uh, that's why i hope like i want this card what do you guys think point wise one point it's gotta be one it's gotta be right? one right that um... downside is so huge but three calculate tokens is pretty good. Well, no, because you could spam it, right? Put it on a bunch of like cure axes or I'm something. I'm thinking like two or three. I feel like three, it doesn't get played. Okay, here's the other thing though. Java, the, the hut does exist, right? Where you can get those three calculate tokens. Oh, dip. And then um, get the charge back. This The game has changed now. All right, this card needs to be six points, 10 points. Right? It's too good. So... so Two or three looks pretty reasonable uh, with Java. So like, I'd still take that. Carson, you're a scum player now. I was always a scum player. <laughs> <laughs> Except in the XTC, where I'm always a resistance player. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, lots, some cool stuff coming out here. And this pack is not that far away, right? Like a month or less? It's like two or three weeks. That's wild. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Radio TCX. If you like the show, please go on to facebook.com slash Radio TCX and like our Facebook page. Please consider going on iTunes and leaving the show a five-star review, saying what you liked and why you think other people should listen.
And if you want to support the show directly, please consider going to patreon.com slash radio TCX and become a supporter of the show today. It really means so much to us. And thank you to everyone who's already supported the show. Again, folks, thank you all so much for listening. And we will talk to you next week.